Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage, and practice self-care, and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power, and this allows us to impact, serve, and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Corey Phelps. Corey is a women's health and wellness expert and business mentor. And we dive into a lot of things about health fitness in this episode. And Corey goes on to share the lessons that she learned on her journey of burning out multiple times, what that looked like, and what changes had to come into place because of it. Corey is a lifelong athlete with a passion for health and wellness. She launched her business after being diagnosed with hypothyroidism following the birth of her daughter at a very young age. She was in a career that made herself miserable and was unwilling to accept low energy and mysterious sudden weight gain as a, an inevitable part of aging. She did a lot of research. She was able to find what could help herself to heal and be aware of the changes that she needed to make. She is on a mission to demystify nutrition and exercise so that women can discover their inner power and show up as more impactful leaders. We dive into all things self-care, boundary, we talk about sleep, we talk about energy, and we talk about how it is our responsibility to show up as the best version of ourselves. And no, self-care is not selfish, it is absolutely required. I know you will love this episode. It is just packed full of value. Welcome to the show today, Corey. Hi there. I am so happy to be here. Grateful to to be here to chat. I think it'd be great chat. I'm really looking forward to it. Can you tell everyone where you are from? I am from Washington, D.C., born and raised. I was actually just in Washington a couple of years ago for the first time and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. My niece got married not far from, um, not far from downtown Washington. So it was just, it was beautiful. Are you a reader? I'm a huge reader. <laughs> okay. Can you tell us or share with us a book that has had an impact in your life? Well, you know what? I'm actually reading one currently and I feel like it's impacting my life and I'm not even done. So I'm going to just go ahead and share it. It's called Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Oh, and it, it's on yeah. my desk right now. I'm actually like reading it right now. Yeah, I'm about halfway through and it is literally just blowing my socks off. And I know that it's literally going to change the trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. He is, it's a very interesting, isn't it? I started listening to some of his meditations and his just, it's a very different way of thinking and such a great, I'm so glad that I'm open and listening and taking it in. It's very powerful. Yeah, it is. I mean, the connection of mind, body and breathing and how we have so much power to shift 
where we're going in life from the power of our mind. Yeah. And what we can do to heal ourselves as we change mm-hmm. ourselves. So I find that really, really incredibly fascinating. I could do a whole, honestly, a whole podcast just on that. Do you happen to have a favorite quote or a mantra or something that you live by? Um, yeah. So I don't actually know who maybe wrote it, but okay. I always, <laughs> I always say that you cannot pour from an empty cup. So a big thing that I focus on is self-care. And so that's really filling your cup is super important so that you have enough to give. So you can't give if your cup is empty. You cannot. And I love, I think we, we we're going to have a lot of fun talking about self-care because anybody who listens to this show knows that I talk about self-care and the importance of it. And so many women, and I, I was one of them, get frustrated because we feel like no one is helping us. There are times where it's like, no one is helping us. and My cup is empty. And then I went to the mindset of that. It's my cup. So if it's my cup, who's going to fill it? Oh crap. It's actually mine to fill. It's mine to fill, right? Ownership is everything. Isn't it? Ownership works in everything, in all aspects of your life. It's just really sometimes can be a hard pill to swallow when you realize that, no, no, that's on me. That's on me. I have to do that. That's so awesome. Do you have a mentor who has impacted your life? Yeah. Most recently, Jess Glazer. I wish I could. I I hope Jess listens because her name pops up on the show so many times. Yes. She's incredible. She She is incredible. Mm-hmm. Can I put you on the spot and say, what is one of the most impactful things or things that has happened as a result of having Jess as a mentor? Getting really aligned with where I want my business to go, mm-hmm. but also understanding that in building my business, that I actually have to build my business around my life mm-hmm. so that I don't burnout so that I have enough to give and I can create the impact in the world that I intend and want to create. Mm -hmm. So really getting just super aligned, I guess, would be to summarize that. I love it. I absolutely love it. So you almost described that there, and I'm sure that this is along the same line, but what really lights you up? Like what is, what drives you to keep doing what you're doing? I absolutely never want anyone to go through any of the experiences that I have gone through. And if I can impact one person, that is absolutely enough. But I really would love to help as many people as I possibly can. So I feel that sharing my story and my journey is a part of that and helping people grow and really to change, like create a ripple effect in in the world so that we can all just show up as our best selves and live happy, lower stress lives. Well, now that sounds beautiful. (laughs) It sounds (laughs) wonderful. I love this whole, like, like that we can actually succeed, excel, increase our impact and still have tons left over for ourselves. That is such an interesting way to look at it. And I'm, is that something that you always saw or was that something that you've learned the hard way? Oh my, learned it the hard way. (laughs) I know what a like question, right? It's like, of course I learned it the hard way. That's why I'm here. Yeah. That's the only way I do things is the hard way. (laughs) Except for my, my new motto and my new, like, you know, pattern is, is not the hard way, right? To stop swimming upstream. 
No, I love it. I love it. Take us back to some of the lessons that you learned early on or your journey that you went through as far as, you know, you explained a little bit before we even got started, but I'd love to know and have the listeners hear the journey that you went on in order to get to this place. Wow. There's been a lot of ups and downs and tears and bloodshed along the way, yeah. but I, I mean, I think my journey really started in, as I entered into my adult life. I had my daughter really, really young. I had her in college. And so I felt really compelled to step into the role of being a single mom and like giving her the life that she, I thought she deserved and making it so that she actually never experienced what it might like to be like to come from a single parent home. So I bent over backwards to provide that life for her. And in doing so, I was working crazy hours and ended up hitting a wall and was completely burnt out. And with that came a diagnosis of hypothyroidism. And if if you're familiar with hypothyroidism, one of the things that comes along with that outside of massive fatigue is weight gain. And so I literally gained about 30 pounds in the span of a month, which was, it's terrible and hard for anyone, but I was an athlete. And Mm -hmm. so I'm this like 23, 24 year old woman just gaining weight like crazy. I was spending so much time in the gym, like three, four hours a day, just trying not to gain one more pound. At that point, I had even given up on losing weight. I was like, just not to gain one more pound and existing on basically lettuce, boiled broccoli and chicken, which is no way to live at all. And so I ended up having to go through a ton of doctor's appointments and to resolve that. And luckily, I, after a lot of research, I was able to get that cleared up. And during that period of time, I was also in a job that I hated. Mm-hmm. And so I gave that up and pursued health and wellness. And I did that for mul- multiple reasons because I had just gone through this massive journey myself. And I felt like I wanted to help other women who might be experiencing the same thing. So in that quest to share, I ended up opening my own studio. I was, it was a Pilates studio and we taught group classes and one-to-ones as well as uh, provided nutrition coaching through there, which was something that I, that was my, what my degree was in. So I was really getting back to the roots of what I was meant to do. But if you have ever owned your own business, anybody who's listening, you know that it is not for the faint of heart, that it requires a tremendous amount of work and something, I guess, like inherent in my personality is that I just like, I don't give up. (laughs) And so I spent about close to, I mean, pretty close to a year with not taking one day off. So doing the single mom thing and trying to run a business. So it was like, you know, 10, 12 hour days at the studio and being a mom and doing all of that. And so I ended up back in a massive state of burnout. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. I have questions as you keep going, but I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know when you get into the brick and mortar stage, you have to, you now almost have two children. You've got your business is a child and you have outside expenses. And when you're in fitness fields, I, I mean, I've been in all scenarios of that, owning the brick and mortar, being contract, working in that facility. And I think that when you've owned it, you can see it in a different sense that, you know, even if the rest of you are taking holidays at Christmas time. We still have overhead to pay. We still have overhead to cover. And I think, I don't know how many times I have found myself during COVID saying, thank God, 
I don't like just personally, I've been in this space. I try and support anyone that I can, but thank God I'm not in the brick and mortar business right now. Yeah, I definitely was experiencing that too, because been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up closing my business just because it became too much. I had I was in a business partnership and that was just like, we, that wasn't working out. So I made the decision to move my business home. Yeah. So that is, I currently have a studio in my house, which is how Hi. I see clients. And I, when COVID hit, I can tell you, oh my gosh, thank God. I thought about it 8 million times because I get the question pretty Thanks. often is like, when are you getting, when are you going to open another place, another studio? And I was like, there is not even one little like bubbling inkling inside of me to ever go down no. that road again. I mean, you know, hats yeah. off to anybody who who is doing it. And I like totally respect you and think like best of luck to you, but just, it's not for me, not for no. me. No, yeah. I, I so appreciate that. And I, I can understand exactly that journey because at that point, all of a sudden now you're dealing with staff and overhead and, you know, taxes that are different. And it just was such a learning. I'm glad I did it. I have to look back on the things that we did do that didn't work out that now the sense is like, what can I learn from that? And there's a lot of things that I did learn from that as far as moving forward. But yes, I appreciate that. So then you burn out again. How long were you in the brick and mortar business for? About three years. Okay. Three so years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. And then a whole year with not a day off. A whole year was not a day off. And then the yeah. next two, it's, there were not that many, but definitely things had improved. We really got the business off the ground. Things were going, going well. And then just between my own health and like a, just the business partnership wasn't, it just wasn't a fit for me. And so I moved my business home. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Good for you. As you were at that space, how can you give a piece of advice for somebody? Like, how do you know, how to know when to make that shift or that change? You know, you're in a space where you're owning the brick and mortar and now it's doing well. It's what you wanted was a business, but you know, your personal health or personal life is really, really struggling. How do you make that decision to say, like, I know it's scary. Change is scary, but any advice for somebody who might be at that turning point and saying, I know this isn't working, but I don't know how to make this change. Well, I mean, I think that when you start to notice a, that it's either it's impacting yourself, your health, but then like your relationships with your family, with your kids, with your partner, all of those things, it is absolutely time to take, make a change because those things are the things that really, really matter. And yes, you might lose some money. Um, but you know what? There are also, who knows what's down the road after that you may shift into something else that is, was, it, it turns out to be the best decision you ever made was to lean into that discomfort and that scary place. But if you continue down that path in being exhausted into burnout, it is, you will end up, I mean, with chronic health issues, diseases, and it's just not going to be good. So you have to do the uncomfortable and hard thing and choose yourself first. Mm, I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you find, can you give also some, some of your own personal input? I think that a lot of women, we, and I've done this in my lifetime, that it becomes a badge of honor to do it all. It becomes, and it's just ridiculous. I don't even know where that comes from, but it's just this, it's an inherent badge of like, I can do it all. And cause we think that, you know, the next mom's over here doing it all. We think that they are. And so we get stuck in this comparison or this judgment of ourselves that we're not good enough or we're not, why can't I do it? 
Like, is that, do you, can you share, we did, we did talk about it earlier, but share some of your thoughts or opinions on that and how to maybe look at that cycle differently. Yeah, the superwoman, superwoman oh, complex, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're all superwomen. Let's just get that like cleared Ooh, I like out of it. the way. <laughs> Does it matter what your accomplishments yeah. are, what they're not? We yeah. all definitely, you know, are, are powerful women from within. And so acknowledging that first and foremost, I think is huge. I think first of all is, you know, creating boundaries is a really, really important thing. And noticing what your boundaries are and then knowing that those, when you start comparing what is going on with you or to the woman next to you, you have absolutely no idea what you don't see. Like it's literally just your perception. And oftentimes I do think that we only are seeing the things that like, it's kind of a mirror, right? So you're only noticing that she showed up to the bake sale with what you think is like, you know, a home baked, brownies or cookies, but A, it could have been her nanny, or she could have taken them out of the box and they're store-bought and she packaged them up like she made it because she thought you made your cookies homemade too. So, I mean, there's just so many things. You don't know how what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what their debt is, their level of unhappiness, or do they have a good relationship with their partner? I mean, you just have absolutely no idea the, what it's like to walk in her shoes. No. And first of all, recognizing that is huge. So it makes it so much easier to not compare your achievements to that of the person next to you. And wherever you happen to be is where you're supposed to be mm -hmm. and vice versa. So true. That is so true. Can you share with us, because I talk about boundaries all the time, what is your perception or your take on boundaries? What is that it it's essentially... Well, when you don't have them, it's, you're allowing everybody to come trample all over your garden, right? So when you, it's like putting up a fence and you actually contend to your own garden mm. and it's not that, and that's when it starts to flourish and it's not selfish that you want yours to flourish. And it doesn't mean that you can't help your neighbor and theirs, but you have a clear delineating line so that you can make your garden flourish, your goals, your desires, your dreams, your health, your wellness, all of it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Obviously, these are some of the lessons that you've learned over the years that you are now implementing. And if you look back at some of those lessons, I mean, it takes time to learn them. Like we have, we have to be, I look at it sometimes and think, geez, if I would have known this earlier, but I don't think that I was in this space to actually learn it until now. Like it, like it takes exactly, if we go back to you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, yeah. I mean, you have to be open to learning them, but I also think that it's a lot like you like hear about lottery people, like people who win the lottery and then they like lose it all yes. at once. It's because there was no value behind, like they didn't earn it. They didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't do the hard work to get it. I think it's the same thing with lessons. It's, I mean, I try to tell my daughter all these things all the time, but they just bounce. Well, she's maybe hearing them and I hope somewhat going in. Cause I'm always like, please just listen to me. But you know, she's not she, in the, I ask? Oh, she? she's like, she just turned 21. Oh she yeah. No, no. 21. I have a 21 year old. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I'm constantly imparting my wisdom because I'm hoping that like some, maybe it'll get, sink in a little earlier because I keep telling her, but it's, you know, she's not in the, the life space to think that it's important or 
um, that she can really comprehend that. So you have to have a frame of reference, I think, to learn the lessons. I love that is that the value, like you have to value yourself in learning the lessons. Like you've got to value the lessons as you go through. Yeah. That is beautiful. So you have taken a lot of these lessons and you now incorporate them into your business, your mission and what you do right now. Have you, we're going to get into that in a second, but have you been in a space like now that you've learned the lessons, do you have any slip ups? Do you have times where <laughs> nobody can see us on Zoom, but it's the face. It's like, it's the face of it. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. Right. I just think it's important because I can hear people back here going, great. Like, that's great for her. She's got it all figured out. Like, just be real. Have you had, have you had many slip ups or what becomes the, you know, like the shining light that it's like, okay, I like Corey, I've got to pay attention to this. Like, what are some of your key points where you're like, "Mm, I am pushing this the wrong way, or this is past where I, or I remember being here before because you were in burnout so many times. What are some of the signs for you? Well, my gut starts talking to me and I don't mean like an upset stomach. I just like my inner voice starts bubbling up and I like to, my, you know, all of our inner voices, you should just always listen to them period. Cause it's the smartest thing ever, <laughs> but I tend to like shh sometimes when it comes to taking on more than I, sh- I should, because I like to say yes to everyone. I want to help everyone. So when I start to, when my inner voice is like, eh, and I start to get that like resistance, I pay attention to it now. And that resistance that I start to feel is I mean, it's valid. I will tend to, if I overbook myself, I literally almost shut down. Like I, um, to the point of where I almost want to cancel my entire day when I stack it too much. And then the problem that happens with that, if you, if I do like cave into the idea of, you know, going and canceling the day, which you need to do what you need to do to honor your body and honor yourself. But then I have a sense of guilt and not honoring my word, which then can end up in this like cyclical pattern of just like taking on too much to then feeling guilty. And then, so I have gotten really protective of my time. And that has been mostly a result of just sheer exhaustion. So if I don't prioritize my sleep, then I can't show up and I can't help as many people as I want to help. And so one of the signs for me really is just like my inner voice, feeling that resistance, exhaustion. And if I've really, really pushed the limits, I will get sick. I get headaches. And when I was in a really bad state of burnout, like my hormones were just completely in the gutter, which meant that like my skin was bad. My, I literally was like hair was falling out. My ponytail went from like big to like this sad little thing back here. Wow. I'm, and I'm super moody. I will find that I'm snapping at my daughter or at my partner or my family for just like the silliest things. And then I also don't really feel like I'm showing up for my clients. Like I'm like, I was kind of a bad coach today. Mm -hmm. And that is really awful when people are giving you their hard-earned dollars for them to for you to help them on top of the fact that they're giving you their time and they're trusting you. So I don't take that lightly. No, I love those are some really, really great tips there for people to see. And then I really, as I was encourage people to come up with those one or two things that are the signs that, oh, I know that exactly it, we, 
it hit me when you said it is that there are times where I feel like I got to cancel my whole day. I just, I think I've pushed past this limit and it's like, well, maybe I'll just cancel a couple things and maybe I'll just like work around it. And then all of a sudden this anxiety builds up that it's like, no, it's all going to go. It's got to go today. I need a day. And I think it's a challenging thing for a lot of women to give yourself permission to have that time, right? Like we talked a little bit about self-care before we started, but I'd love for you to share with um, everyone here, like what does self-care mean for you and how do you help your clients understanding what they need for self-care? So I, we were actually talking about this before. So I think society tells us that self-care is, you know, manicures, pedicures, and face masks. And of course, who doesn't love that? But self-care really is the things that are going to fill your cup, energize you, and make you feel better. For me personally, those are things like breath work and yoga, gentle movement, making sure that I'm scheduling time to move my body and then to also make sure that I really have time to prepare healthy, clean meals to energize me and that I'm not relying on coffee. Um, and then also scheduling time literally just to think. So sometimes that's journaling. Sometimes that's a walk outside to clear my mind, to get really centered with myself and what I need mm -hmm. and how I really try to impart that and teach my clients how to do that for them is first to get curious because it's sometimes I think we're so deep in that place of, you know, go, go, go and saying yes to everyone else and prioritizing them. You don't even know the things that are going to do that. So you have to first get kind of curious and maybe try on some, some stuff. Maybe it's a bubble bath. Maybe it's a cup of hot tea and you start to lace those things into your day. Um, and maybe it's scheduling a block of time where you just don't do anything at all and kind of just see what comes up, what your desire is to do during that unscheduled free time and it's <laughs> stressful for some, for some women. And I, I, I've been there. I hear you, but I love what you're saying. I, sorry, I didn't interrupt, but I love what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I think if you block it, so you're like, okay, I have 30 time, 30 minutes today that you're blocking with nothing in it. And so you know that you've blocked it and it's a safe time to just do nothing. And you can either do something or do nothing. Like, so if you decide that you want to go for a run, go for a run. If you want to take a nap, take a nap. And it's absolutely guilt-free you time. And I think as you start to schedule that and be, it becomes a practice, you'll start to really notice the things that energize you and do make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to ask you another question. What does prioritizing sleep look like? What does it look like for short-term and long-term to not get the sleep that we need? So two questions there, sorry. Oh, yeah. So, well, I'll start with what, why it's important. So okay. at nighttime, when we sleep, one of the things that happens is your brain actually kind of shrinks. Well, it does shrink and there's fluid inside and it, the fluid comes and bathes over your brain. So think of it kind of like the housekeeper coming in and cleaning. So that's what happens at nighttime. It's like the housekeeper comes in and cleans, cleans off your brain because what happens during the day is little particles get in there and they're like, they're kind of like plaque and they stick to your brain. And if you don't get it cleaned up, then we end up with things like cognitive dysfunction, Alzheimer's, really down the line. Um, dementia is another thing that can happen and some other sorts of things. So it's super, super important. And I'm sure you've heard, you really can't make up for a sleep deficit. So oh. year over year over year, if you just keep doing this, you're just causing harm that 
might not be able to be undone. The other thing is, is you actually train yourself into these poor sleep habits, which are really hard to break, which is sometimes why you'll hear people are like, I just can't sleep at night or whatever. And it's because years of really poor sleeping habits. So that's why you should. <laughs> and what does it look like? So how I personally apply it is I just have a hard stop that I know I am, I need to be in bed. It is a non-negotiable absolutely by 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. In a perfect ideal world, I would be in bed by nine, but that starts to be almost unrealistic. So I try to have a wind down period before that, meaning that like the TV's not on, I'm not fussing with my phone. Um, maybe that's, I have like a complete routine where I like wash my face and brush my teeth. And for me, that whole like facial routine, and I'm like rolling with the roller and I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no. Take my time, I'm doing my self-care, my self-care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, it kind of gets me ready to get into bed. I might read for a few minutes. And that's, I mean, if you're going to bed reading either like really stimulating brain kind of stuff, like it's something like professional kind of work, it's, that's not a good idea. It needs to be something that's not going to stimulate you and require a lot of effort. And then I just shut the light off and go to sleep. So I had the good fortune of not having any trouble falling asleep. I can almost fall asleep on demand, but creating a ritual something that's going to be soothing and relaxing, and then making sure that you are hitting, I say eight, but as women, we really do need more sleep than our counterparts. And so if you, yeah, we do. We tend to get less. Like this is the, to hear that we need more, there's no am alone, but I know for sure I get significantly less than my husband. I know I do. There's no question. I am usually by five, 530, I'm awake on my own a lot of times and mm -hmm. yeah but that's wow okay eight to nine okay keep yeah. going sorry <laughs> yeah yeah so i eight but i would say nine if you can make it to nine you're going to be doing yourself a huge favor and you'll notice too that when you start getting that kind of sleep when you wake up in the morning it's not like you're having to hit snooze 10 times. You're not playing the game of what can I do to get out of my day today? How can I not do this? God, I don't want to get up. It's like you either don't even have to set an alarm. You just actually wake up, which is something pretty beautiful because the idea setting an alarm is just, I think that's a rude way to wake up. It really, it's just rude. Oh, yeah. It is. It is definitely. I just, you're, you're making me think of like pre COVID I would work, work, work clients coaching, all these things, and definitely teetered on burnout. There's no question. Not that I haven't been there before, but I probably would every two weeks, I would have a night where it might be like a Friday night or Saturday night. And at like eight o'clock, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I have to go to bed. And I would go to bed and sleep for 10 hours, 11 hours, 12. And I remember waking up going, is this what you're supposed to feel like? Because I don't feel like this every day. This is not, and that, and I think the brain fog is the one thing that is really, what you're talking about is really relevant. And a lot of women can relate to that. Yeah. I mean, you end up being able, not being able to focus or make decisions. You feel like you're stumbling for words, you're forgetting things, and it feels like just everything's a house of cards, right? Yeah. Dropping things. I, I just, I just did it today. I dropped my tea. And then my husband's at the table looking at me going, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, like, just a clutch today. I can't quite, but it's tired. I was tired. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So sleep is abs is an absolute, like number one on the self-care spectrum, I would say above all things. 
Wow. Any advice for women? I say women because a lot of women listen to the show, but women who fall asleep, no problem, but they wake up at that three or four in the morning on a consistent basis. Because that I hear, I know that I, I can fall into that habit, but I, I can hear that from a lot of women too, that they wake up in the middle of the night and then they're wide awake. So, so that we do have hormonal spikes that cause that. And they're actually part of the circadian rhythm of like back like caveman time was actually normal. So, but the not falling back asleep part uh, is definitely a concern. First, I would want to know if they're having alcohol yeah. that night that that is happening, because oftentimes what happens is you have a glass or two of wine and you fall asleep, no problem. It actually feels like it helps you fall asleep. But once your body is done processing the alcohol, you will wake up. And because you just had a sugar, carb rich type of drink and your body's done processing, you're like, boom oh, wait, because you have all the energy just going through your body from, you know, the, the, the calories that you, you consumed. So that would be my first question. And then the next would be when, like, I guess when you had caffeine, because that can affect, I mean, sometimes you can fall asleep, but it can cause interrupted sleep. I mean, there's a, a lot of different things that could be going on if there was like some sleep apnea going on. Mm -hmm. If you, and then another thing to really look into would be your cortisol levels because cortisol sometimes will spike. And so if you're always operating under the direction of cortisol, that could be causing that as well. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that because I think there's so much value in that for people who are listening just to know that they might be listening and going, yeah, that is totally me. That is definitely something that, <laughs> that I struggle with and my hand is up. So you take all of this and tell us how you work with your clients now. Like you have some in person and building an online business. What specifically, how have you put all of this together to help and support your clients? So I'm now primarily, because, especially because of COVID, I am working online and it is primarily group formatted. I do work with a select few clients one-to-one, -one, but I actually find that the group format is, it's more powerful because more than ever, we need a sense of community and support. So there's really some a beauty in knowing that you have a group of women who are going through similar things and you're all supporting each other and so basically my program, we have weekly calls together. And so on these weekly calls, we have questions that you're fielding and there's so much value in others' questions and their experiences because you can often see a sliver of yourself or something that comes down the road and you're like, oh, I have an answer to that now, um, happens in the group format. And then in addition to that, we have basically some workouts that we do and those are not hosted together, but they're just gentle movement kind of exercises, which incorporate weights, but they're things that you do on your own, but you can watch the videos. Um, and then there's a learning component and within the learning component, like the education, like membership portal where I house the videos, they're really just learning about implementing boundaries, learning how your body works in terms of hormones and the types of food you should be eating to support your energy. Nice. Yeah. And then there, so the community aspect comes in through like a private Facebook group. So everyone connects and collaborates there. And then of course I'm there to support just com like completely through throughout the whole entire process. But the community really does drive so much support. I, I couldn't agree more. And I love the group coaching format. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. And 
for me to take on a one-on-one client it has to be the right person because I love the energy of the women being together. They're so powerful together. They just, the collaboration is a huge benefit. Yeah. I mean, there's friendships that are forged that go way beyond the 12 week program, mm -hmm. like the walls of that program. I, it absolutely like warms my, my heart to see. And so I, I do events too, but those are obviously on hold, but you'll see it's like people, they like, they'll snap pictures and they're like, come together. And they were friends online and now they're finally meeting in person. Or I'll actually, I've seen, they've like tagged me on Instagram of someone want to be on a road trip and they like stop off to meet someone because they knew they were in the area. So it's really beautiful. And the thing is, I think that part of like this air, this mindset that puts us into burnout is this keeping women at arm's distance. And so seeing other women as our competition rather than, I mean, I, there's a lot of like women's empowerment going on, but there's still a lot of walls to break down on that because I, it's cool to say women supporting women, but in reality, I think there's still a lot of like, but I'm not sure I trust you kind of thing. And so when you put a group of women into this container and those walls really start to dissipate and the support is there, it's like, wow, I didn't, I don't have to do this alone. Oh, you were going through that. <laughs> it's, that is so good. And I'm so glad you said that because I do believe that a lot of people talk about the power of collaboration. I don't believe everybody practices it. I don't because I have, you know, we still come across people that like they're afraid that she's doing that and that's going to impact my business. I'm like, there's plenty for everyone. There's plenty for everyone. One of my first mentors and she just really, that's actually how Jess and I met. One of my very first mentors, I love how she said it and it's always stuck with me that every one of us could have the exact same business but it, it won't matter because if you bring, if you don't bring yourself to the business, that's what you have to do by bringing yourself to your business, you make it different. There's room for all of you because you get to bring your own unique flair to it. It could be the exact same business. And I've always really, that just sunk in for me. And that was like six years ago. And it just, it was such a powerful thing that there's only room for collaboration. We spent our whole lives competing against each other. And what has it done? but keep us alone, isolated and arms length from each other. So whereas instead of collaborating allows us to really like help lift each other, right. And raise that up. So I, I couldn't agree more. It's not, that's not foo-foo stuff we're talking about here. This is really, mm -hmm. it's so important. And I have group programs that I run and I'm really protective of that container. Like I'm really protective. If there's somebody who has some issues, I don't, I don't have it. I, before I did, if people have an issue with that kind of competition, I'm like, yeah, this is not, you have to work through that because it will stop you in your business and your life every time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I can even say that from my own experience. I think when I stepped into the, the group, like being coached landscape was when I started to really actually acknowledge that I had viewed other women as competition, that I didn't, I had a, a strong distrust for other women. And I've really worked through that and have, like, I'm a full believer that when you kind of dissipate and like, just let that vulnerability shine through, that's when the magic happens. And I, I mean, I think carrying that around with you, just that is a, a recipe to lead you into health conditions and burnout because 
it's, I mean, oh, it's so toxic. Oh, it's incredibly toxic. It's, it's just exhausting when I think of it that way. It's really exhausting. Every time I think about, or I think about, and I'm very vulnerable with people and social media is that is I think about being vulnerable and I think, Oh, do I want to go there? And I'm like, okay, but every single person who is in my life who has impacted me and made a difference would not be here if I hadn't been vulnerable. That's how I met them. That's how I've connected with them. That's so that becomes my go back to, to remind myself that no, like they're, they're none of them would be here if I hadn't. So vulnerability is very powerful and can really serve an incredible purpose for us. Absolutely. I mean, it's just room for growth connection and other people being vulnerable back with you. And that's such a beautiful thing. That's how you really get to know each other. Oh, easy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how you said here that you really do help demystify nutrition and exercise, but really it's for the purpose so that they can discover their inner power and show up as more impactful leaders. So I love, I just want you to elaborate on that sentence because I think it's beautiful. So I think a lot of times that, I mean, we keep talking about women because I mean, that's just the that's realm, right? Sorry. So as women, as women, I think that we get so hung up on like wanting to lose weight or the number on the scale and it keeps us from like really showing up as our, like in, and being and living in our full power. And when we put those things kind of over to the side and you focus on just eating, like eating healthy it gives you energy. It makes oftentimes the weight just kind of fall off when you're not focusing on that, like gripping to a certain num number, a certain aesthetic, a certain body image. It just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. And by practicing like movement, the movement that's going to honor your body also gives you energy and confidence and empowers you in so many ways outside of the thing that you thought the reasons you thought you were doing it. So I think a lot of people come into the journey with one goal in mind, and then, then they kind of take away something completely else, which is leading them really into a place of living in their power so that they are confident making decisions in their life, both that honor them and the people that they need to show up for, which really in turn actually changes the world. Because if you show up and you are happy and aligned it affects the, every person that you come in contact with and i don't think that we even fully become aware or realize that from the person who like honks at you and gives you the finger when they think you cut them off or you know how that impacts your day in a negative way or you walk into the bank and the teller smiles at you and how that positively impacts you and when they say it in a genuine way that they want you to have a good day, you're like, wow, that really changed my day. Exactly. So I think that when you learn how to do all of the things that are honoring you to give you energy mm -hmm. through health and wellness, because it really is just a vehicle of helping you become the best version of yourself. And there's something really beautiful in learning those things and letting go of the attachment to making sure that you fit into a size six pair of jeans or that the number on the scale says something specific, all those things just stop mattering. And they kind of just happen as a, like a side effect anyways. Mm -hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. Cause I, I spent my life in health and fitness and, and over the last like five years, I've really branched into online coaching and in that space. 
I can't tell you how many people will say things like, well, about my scale, or do you have a scale, right? I'm like, I don't even own one anymore. I don't own one because I just, it doesn't serve a purpose for my brain. And that's not how I work. Um, whereas I have clients that would be like, they'd be on it like every morning, every night. And I'm like, just get rid of it. Like literally, or find a way to not let it rule your life, whether you're successful or not. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to find out what works for you. And sometimes that's looking at the number as a, a neutral thing, just data and information, if that works for you. And if getting rid of it completely is what makes you feel better, then get rid of the scale. Who cares? Who needs it? I know. It's just at least not for a marker of ourselves, right? Like I think it's a, it's, if you're looking at it as a neutral marker is different than if it's like, am I good or bad? Am I, am I this or am I that? It's just so, I mean, I grew up in a different, um, we're not too far apart in age, but I'm a, in mine, uh, when I was young, it was very normal for diet pills to be floating around the house. Like that was just a very normal thing to see and hear on a regular basis. And so for me personally, I, it's funny cause I started in health. I started really getting active in maybe I was about 13 or 14 and then we had a pool and I started doing laps and I liked that and I lost a little bit of weight and it's like then I, I like the fitness I like the health and you know what here we are 30 years later still in the same field so a lot of it I did learn from there but that time I remember it being very much defined by what were you eating how much you know counting the calories everything was calorie counting and good, bad, getting the check mark. Yeah, just such a different time. Now, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know what it's like now, but I just, that was what, how we were defined then. Yeah, I mean, I, there's still, there's definitely calorie counting or macro counting. It's all out there. And I think it works for some because having a benchmark is helpful for some. Yeah. And it really just depends on how you, I guess your attachment to it or how your brain works. Some people obsess over it and it gets a little bit out of control and more, a more intuitive approach ends up being better. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I love that. Can you, um, I want to ask you a few questions still to wrap up, but where's the best place for people to connect with you? Pretty much on Instagram. I think I kind of live over there. You can DM me. Um, and of course you can actually I think, email me directly from, from my profile there too. So my Instagram is Corey, C-O-R-E-Y underscore Phelps, P-H-E-L-P-S with another underscore at the back end there. Awesome. And actually I have something for for your listeners there, right. which is, it's called the rock your day guide. So basically what it is, they can head to, there's a link in my, in my profile and my bio and it's some productivity tips for you to, there's a video on the Pomodoro method, which is to help you be more productive so you can get more done, but not get stuck in it. And then some health and wellness things that you can basically, it's a guide to help you go through your day and basically get the most out of your day. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for that. I will make sure that that is linked up in the show notes. Okay. So a couple cool questions for you. What impact do you want to leave or have in the world? Like what impact do you want to have? To really empower women to consistently choose themselves. Isn't that interesting to choose themselves? It's not selfish, is it? It's not selfish. I shared this with somebody once that when they were saying, but you don't understand, I have kids. And I'm like, I do. But if you don't ever show them that it's okay to choose themselves first, 
when they grow up and are on their own, they won't understand that it's okay to do it. I mean, I think it's almost the opposite of selfish because as women, you, we have, if you have children, you're, you're setting an example to your, to your children. If you don't choose yourself, then you're really not giving the best of yourself to them. You're not giving the best of yourself to the world and you're not giving the best of yourself to yourself. And you absolutely deserve that. We only have one life here to live. And if you don't choose yourself, then your energy, your health is impacted. On top of that, you really aren't going to be able to make the impact on the world yourself that you want to make. Shame. That's a shame to miss that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. No, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Last question for you. What are you most great? What lesson in life are you most grateful for? You know, I think that not the idea of that nothing really is ever what it seems, I think is probably the most powerful lesson that I've ever learned. And I'm really grateful for because I used to think that, you know, that I would see something and I like had it all right. And I think that when you really step into knowing that nothing really ever is as it seems, then you start to know that A, it's not in your control. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about you, which I just told you to choose yourself. <laughs> but then there's the other aspect of everything outside of you. It's not about you. Oh, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think it's fantastic because it's, we have this perception of what we think it is or what everyone is doing or how they're doing. We don't have a clue. We actually don't have a clue. And really being in a space of being okay to choose ourselves first. Yeah. And it's required. Like it's the only way if we're going to actually do what we are here to do. Exactly. Yeah. I fully, uh, fullheartedly believe that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing so much detail and with us today and so much value that I just, I loved it. I really, really appreciate it. I will make sure everyone knows where to connect with you in the show notes, but I just really want to thank you for being here today. Oh my goodness. I want to thank you so much for having me and to your audience for listening. I'm very grateful to have this opportunity to share, talk with you today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.